At this time, every Friday, we're joined by State Representative Todd Lippert of District 20B. Representative Lippert, thank you so much for coming in today. Good morning. Yeah. Good to be here, as yeah. always. Happy Friday to you. Yeah, happy Friday to you. It's not just a Friday. You have, well, of course, this last week has been spring break for the kids, but uh, spring break for the adults, at least in the legislature, is coming up next week. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Uh, uh, break for us is, is coming up, so we're all, we're all uh, on fumes as we're moving towards the deadline and, and ready for a little time away. There will still be work happening uh, behind the scenes, but uh, we're all eager for just a little bit of time to take a breath. All right. Uh, let's talk about the big, big news that's come out today. Uh, the governor, a little bit later on today, will announce that uh, the COVID vaccination process will open up to just about everyone, 16 and older, uh, starting uh, next week. Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. Um, boy, that was... I don't know if it's a surprise, but it's a surprise that it's this early. Uh, have you talked with uh, the governor or you have been briefed on uh, the situation and why he's doing that? Uh, so we've been uh, paying close attention to the vaccine uh, situation, we, and we know uh, that uh, Minnesota's been doing very, very well. The federal government's been doing a better and better job of getting the vaccine out um, effectively. And we knew we are you know, ahead of our goals. We knew that um, we expected to... Um, have see Minnesota opening up to uh, more and more people. So I, I'm very encouraged that, uh, you know, it'll be open on Tuesday to people, um, you know, everyone 16 and older. I'm looking forward to uh, getting in line myself uh, to get the vaccine. And, uh, you know, we just need to get vaccines in people's arms as quickly as possible. Yeah, I've got, uh, I was fortunate enough to get my first one last week. So uh, yeah, it's exciting. Friday. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, everyone's excited to get the vaccine. And we need uh, to vaccinate as many people as possible to keep this virus under control yeah. and start getting back to normal. If we start getting much larger shipments of the vaccine in, we really need to get those into arms as soon as they get here. That's right. And uh, Minnesota's you know, been doing well in comparison to other states in administering the vaccine effectively. And so uh, we'll keep relying on the Department of Health to do this, to do this good work for us. Yeah, we were number one in the country uh, at one point last week. So good, uh, good that's stuff. right. And, and uh, you know, we one thing that uh, the Health and Human Services chair said to our caucus as we went into the pandemic is that uh, Minnesota has an excellent Department of Health and among states, and this is going to serve us well. And we've seen that. Uh, Commissioner Malcolm and her team have done an excellent job. And right now, when it really matters with uh, the vaccine getting distributed, uh, they have good systems in place, and uh, they're moving it at great speed. And so that's that's really good for the people of Minnesota. All right. Let's move on. Uh, the last couple of weeks, we've talked about budget targets. And uh, this is the uh, time of the year where, where you get those budget targets. And have you, have you got those and been able to digest them a bit? Yeah, we... We did. Our, our budget targets for the House DFL were released on Tuesday. And uh, the House DFL is a, a diverse caucus. We uh, represent uh, people from different backgrounds. We re- represent uh, people from all corners of the state, uh, rural areas, metro areas, too. And, and so in our budget, you're seeing a budget that's really good for uh, all Minnesotans, uh, not just some Minnesotans, but, but all Minnesotans. And so we have uh, significant investments in our schools. Uh, and making sure that schools have access to a world-class education. We're helping students catch up. We're closing um, achievement gaps by race and by geography. Um, Key investments in affordable housing 
um, in broadband to make sure that people have a safe, affordable place to live and have the tools that they need to be able to succeed right now. And also uh, making sure we're making key investments in healthcare, um, providing uh, access to affordable insurance and also the critical care that people need to care for themselves and their loved ones. Uh, we think this is a budget that really uh, meets the needs of Minnesotans right now as we're emerging from COVID and will help us uh, build a strong, just and equitable state as we move into the future too. Now you have, uh, it sounds like you've got uh, your budget targets down. Uh, of course, you have to deal with uh, uh, Republicans as well on this. It's a two-party system. Have Have you looked at what theirs is? Is there Are there a lot of differences? I guess, first of all, is there a lot of agreement on certain things to do? Uh, we'll get to the disagreements uh, in just a moment here. There's some um, agreements on, on some basic things. Um, you know, I, I think that the overall numbers are pretty similar, um, but there will definitely be debates that we have with uh, Senate Republicans about mm-hmm. around schools. Uh, you know, we feel like we have to be funding our schools in a way that keeps up with inflation. It's helping us catch up with gaps. Uh, the current uh, Senate Republican budget would lead to uh, cuts in our schools right now, which is at a time when they're hurting the most. Uh, we have a big difference in affordable housing. Uh, that's something where we feel like we really need to invest, and we don't feel like the Senate's investing enough. Also in broadband, um, the Senate invests $40 million, We invest $120 million. The, Our number is enough to um, make sure that all Minnesotans who don't have access to high-speed broadband can get connected as quickly as possible. Uh, so we'll be We'll be focused on some of those differences and really trying to figure out how we can get to agreement over these next these next couple months. You know, that's uh, I find that broadband interesting because number one, it's essential. Uh, but at the same time, we're we're going through this. Uh, you know, Elon Musk is launching a hundred fifty or two hundred and fifty satellites a month up into space to get the, uh, the the space link thing going, which would really is focused on rural and uh, areas that don't get broadband right now. Is that taken into consideration at all? Um, do you know anything about it? Is is he just a crazy old rich guy? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think our uh, comments on whether he's a crazy old we can sort that out for ourselves, <laughs> and we have lots of opinions there. Um, no, this is a conversation that we have regularly. I just had a conversation with the Bevcom CEO uh, this week about it. So. Uh, my bias is towards fiber in the ground, and uh, it's more expensive, but it's more reliable, and it's a technology that will really serve us decades into the future. Um, and there's you know other technologies, fixed wireless, et cetera, that broadcast. But then um, if there's a storm, uh, if you have a cloudy weather, if there's a line of sight issue, um, then you're still in the situation where you don't have access to high-speed broadband. And if it's not reliable, like anyone who's been on a Zoom meeting knows, um, if you don't have reliable broadband, you don't have broadband. Um, and so we need to make sure it's reliable, spend the money um, to make sure that people are connected. It's like electricity, like let's put good in- infrastructure in place because uh, we don't want to leave Minnesotans behind, especially in rural areas. Um, we've been doing that too much. So let's just invest what we need and um, make sure that people have this key infrastructure going forward. We had a couple of uh, gentlemen on here uh, on the radio a couple of days ago, uh, Bill Kelty and uh, Larry Fowler, and I'm trying to think of the third guy's name. But anyway, they they were looking to increase funding for uh, gifted students. Uh, I don't know, and they have a lobbying effort going on. Have they uh, talked to you? Do you know much about that? Is that uh, have Have you looked at their plan? Uh, yes, they've uh, they've talked with me. We've had conversations. I'm actually uh, a co sponsor of of the legislation as well. Um, 
and their focus is making sure that we're we're providing good support for for all students, uh, for gifted and talented students, um, as well as those students that that need to catch up. And um, you know, I think I think more and more we're recognizing the individual needs that students have and the individual gifts that they have and and the individual paths that they have, and we want our schools to be able to support that as much as possible. Um, so. Uh, I support that legislation as well as uh, making sure that we're we're um, helping students catch up um, to close those gaps in any, any way that we can in our schools too. Once again, Representative Todd Lippert is with us, uh, District to Twenty B. Uh, there was uh, there were some headlines uh, recently this week about uh, the earned sick time. Uh, that uh, the uh, the party has uh, been uh, looking to promote. Uh, tell us where that's at and what you've done and where you need to go. Sure. This is uh, one of the House priorities. It's, it's House File 7, so uh, typically your your bills that are in the first 10 are key priorities of the caucus. Uh, so we passed Earn Safe and Sick Time off the House floor last night. And uh, there are 900,000 Minnesota workers currently who don't have access to paid sick time uh, or, or paid safe time. So that means that they don't have access to um, an afternoon off to go to the doctor a day off because suddenly their child is sick and they can't go to school. Um, they don't have access to that paid time off. And that also means that they could be fired uh, for, in Minnesota, you could be fired for for taking work off because you're sick. Um, and so we have this bill in place. We would join 13 other states in having legislation that, that uh, requires employers to allow s- workers to accrue uh, s- uh, sick time uh, over the course of a year. And, and of course, we have reasonable measures in place for, uh, for those limits on that. But we think this is a key protection for workers. We need time in the short term to be able to care for ourselves and care for our families. Uh, once again, Representative Lippert is with us. Uh, we were talking about uh, spring break and uh, not going to school and you getting a little time off, but uh, it'll be an interesting year this summer. A lot of kids have not learned at the same pace that they normally would, which would mean that, you know, for some, maybe summer school picking up and such. Uh, and you have, uh, you've been working on su- some bills to address that as well. That's right. Over the last uh, six weeks or so, as I've had conversations with school district leaders, uh, both at TCU and here in Northfield, uh, they've stressed the importance of getting uh, to know knowing what the funding is going to be for summer learning programs. So they're putting uh, strong summer learning programs in place to help students catch up, to deal with uh, mental health needs, to deal with early learning, and they needed to know what that number was. Um, And so I talked with the education finance chair and the speaker and the majority leader about this need that I was hearing, and we finally... um, we were able to get the bill to the floor on Tuesday of this week. We passed our early learning program. Um, it's uh, similar to the governor's plan, uh, but with additional emphasis on um, early learning, helping students get prepared for kindergarten if they didn't have access to some of those programs before, uh, providing mental health supports and providing uh School districts who may have have dis- decreased enrollment with the with the extra support they need uh, to make sure they have strong supports in the summer and are in good position uh, for the district and students going into the fall. Now, is this we we did get uh, the state did get a lot of money from the uh, stimulus package from the mm-hmm. uh, federal government. Are these uh, temporary? Are you talking temporarily funding them through that, or is this uh, something that will be ongoing after that? That's a very good question, and we're we're asking this sort of question with almost everything that we're dealing with at the legislature right now. So with the summer learning program, there is a, a provision in the law that is if, if it's eligible for federal funding, then the federal funding will pay 
for that. Um, and uh, we are trying to figure out what the federal dollars will fund in every area of state government. The basic rule is is that if, if it's COVID-related or dealing with a COVID impact, then it's eligible for federal funding. Um, but the more that we can uh, be as strategic as possible about those federal funds, the more we can do with our state budget uh, as we're thinking about what do we need as a state over these next two years. The federal funds are going to deal with short-term needs. We're also dealing with long-term needs for our, our state budget. Um, but when we can use those federal funds well, then we can have those state funds go even further. And so those are the conversations we're ha- having across state government right now. All right. So Representative Lippert, is there anything else you'd like to add uh, while we have you in here? <laughs> I would just um, you know, encourage folks to be uh, who haven't had a vaccine yet to be uh, you know, checking the Department of Health website. Uh, the vaccine connector tool is, is available to us uh, to, to um, help us get the vaccine. I'll be taking advantage of that too as I'm looking forward to getting a vaccine as well. You can uh, stay connected to what's happening at state legislature uh, by emailing me, getting uh, getting subscribed to my email newsletter or follow me on Facebook, but I'd uh, love to hear from you. All right. Thank you so much for coming in. We certainly appreciate it. Have a uh, good week. Enjoy your Christmas or your Easter break, your spring break. And That's we'll, right. We'll, we'll yeah, I'll, I'll be enjoying some uh, Holy Week break and um, we'll be back in a couple weeks to talk to you. All right. State Representative Todd Lippert, you're listening to 95.1 FM AM 1080 KYMN Northfield.